Football Cards, collecting and investing. It is each and every week right here on the QuestCast. Tuesdays at 1.30 Central. His name is Andy. My name is Carter. And today we're going to help you not make the mistakes that Andy made and I made early in our card collecting journey. But even if you're three to five to even 20 years into it, Andy, you learn about new mistakes that you may or may not make uh, every single day. I have made a few regretful buys. I've been a little bit better in this past year. Um, but yeah, Andy, today what we want to do is take a lot of questions. If people have any questions about football card buying, investing, or anything like that. But Andy, you see the thumbnail? Let the people know what we are going to go through today, baby. Well, the the, the main differences between uh, fantasy football and sports cards is all the, the different variations of sports cards that you could possibly get into. And what I want to talk about, Carter, is not just specific players that I think the people should be fading or, or like a, a specific rules that it, that when you look at these rules, they actually, you know, you develop buckets of players that you can really avoid altogether. Uh, but then also talk about their cards, because a lot of times people are presented with a really rare card. Maybe it's a one of one. Maybe it's a gold out of 10. And they're saying, hey. I'll, I'll sell you this gold out of 10. Here's this really rare card. It's an auction. It's maybe ending for only two to $300. Is this the best time of year to buy it, even though this player is potentially a fade? Is there a point to where a card gets cheap enough that it doesn't matter who the player is or how they're going to start out the season or how good they're going to do in 2023 that you buy it anyways? You know, that's, that's I think, the main difference maker between sports cards and uh, fantasy football. I agree. And one thing, when you join the football card Patreon, um, links are down below. There is an app called Keep Em that you get access to. And what that could do is it can give you good chart. It's our, how we use our chart information here on the Quest. Um, and that way you could tell the peaks and valleys of certain types of cards. And Andy, you know, I don't look at that stuff as much as you do, but I do know this. And this is something that I have seen anecdotally. Um, gold number to 10 cards is where it's at, baby. Black finite one of ones are just so freaking rare to get. Uh, but if you do get one, we've talked a lot on this channel about how powerful that card can be. But Andy, I've gotten some big offers on a Marcus Colston gold number to 10 card that I bought from a hobby shop for $10 and I, I just don't know if I'm ever going to get rid of it because I don't have a lot of gold number to 10 stuff because it is so unbelievably rare. So I just got to be real with you. People love gold number to 10. It makes people feel a certain type of way. That's part of the reason why I'm wearing a gold uh, Jordan uh, shirt here today um, because I wanted to talk about that. And it doesn't matter the player. I mean – there's people out there that are set building, and Andy, they are looking for one of those 10 prints that are out there in existence. So this would be um, something that I would share as far as uh, football cards, um, collecting, investing, and all that stuff. If you walk into any shop or you see anything gold number to 10, and that card is less than 20 bucks, that I mean, you're going to you know need to get really lucky if that's the case. But if that's less than... 30, 40, 50. If it's a player who's kind of decent, I, I would go on ahead and snatch it. 
And see, that's that's what I find so interesting because a prime example is a guy like Alvin Kamara. That I, he's a clear fade for me, not just Ooh. his age, but also the whole suspension uh, thing looming over his head with his his whole criminal investigation that's going on. And you know, bringing in Jamal Williams, you draft Kendra Miller, and just right. uh, uh, probably a, an offense that's um, they're pro they're probably gonna you know I don't know what the game script is gonna be like for them throughout the year, but I can see a lot of situations where they they're leaning more heavily on the passing game, anyways. But um, I digress. I still think Alvin Kamara is a fade, but is there a point like you can see here, week over week, graded Alvin Kamara sold volume is up eight hundred percent. Uh, to nine graded cards. So it's like, is there a point to where a rare graded card or just a rare raw card, a gold card, a, a kaboom, a downtown, any of these super popular rare cards get presented uh, cheap enough that you buy it, even though you have all these concerns around a player that's got a looming suspension over it and, and the age. So that's like one of my big rules for fading players specifically uh, especially when we're talking dynasty is like a running back over age 28 that's got you know about 10,000 or more carries in their career and then you know I I look at uh, you know looming suspensions is never a good thing especially that right. that raises character red flags for the hobby as well so just not as not as desirable or demanded but once again man if you get a super rare card does it really matter yeah and we welcome in a few people watching this live. Derek, who is here each and every week. Dahl, good to see you in Tersh Dahl. Good to see you, James. Jonathan Taylor Cards, our guy Sean is in the chat today. Mr. T and basic wholesale cards. Gotta love it. Um, And this is something that's really cool about the Quest cast. Jonathan Taylor Cards, Sean, has become one of my really good buddies. Um, Can't freaking wait to meet him at the National. Um. And um, look, he's a Jonathan Taylor super collector. He's gotten some pretty cool stuff in the mail recently. So shout out to you. But yeah, I mean, I am just a fanatic of just anything numbered to 10 or one of one. Any card that's numbered is what I like to see. But Andy, I'm, I'm, I'm a little shocked, man. You, 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 you bust out the Alvin Kamara hatred at the beginning of this. You, you, you're tearing <laughs> you. You're tearing up my heart when I'm with you. Man, I miss <laughs> a boy band days. But, yes, uh, it seems like AK-41's downturn is is just around the corner. Yeah, and, and he just, you know, with you bringing up Marcus Colston and just the whole conversation around uh, fading guys, and then I saw that his graded volume was up that much over the past week compared to the week before – I, it just—I mean—he's one of those guys that falls into that that bucket of uh, slow start to the season and/or not a, playing a complete season. Plus, over the age apex, and and I, I get it, man. Uh, one of one PSA ten black finite sold Ooh. just uh, what was this two weeks ago for two thousand twenty five dollars. It's hard to to turn down something not only one of one and pr from Prism, but also in a PSA ten grade. Uh, even if it is Alvin Kamara. And I think that's where you've got to ask yourself, you've got to draw the line. And I think you ultimately, Carter, I think you've got to ask yourself, what is your what is your goal? Like, what's your time frame for trying to get out of this card? Or are you even trying to get out of it? Do you even want to get out of it? Or are you just willing to, to bite this bullet and put it on your wall and have it for the rest of your life kind of thing and hand it down to the kids? Yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm going through this right now, Andy. Like, 
I'm a Tyron Matthews super collector, right? I know when I look at Ed Reed's prices and when I look at Troy Palomalo's prices, they're not astronomical like, you know, some of the other legendary quarterbacks or, or just other position players in general. I understand that while Tyron's playing, it's probably smart for me to move off of some of this stuff, but it's just hard. It is just hard. Uh, I'm going to have to it, just to have some extra liquid money for or or just money for me to spend at the national because I am accumulating quarterback legendary game use patches. So if you have anything like that, feel free to reach out. I am looking to kind of sort of buy, but I'm waiting for the national as well. Um, but yeah, you know, I, 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 I stay away from running backs. I, I just do. Um, and I hate that because Andy, we grew up running backs for the thing. Right. We, we, we I grew up watching Barry Sanders. Um, I grew up loving some some of these lower cut uh, running backs. But like the Jamal Charles, the Jamal Lewis's, Chris Johnson's, there were so many just elite running backs that just never had a long enough career lifespan to even generate any kind of Hall of Fame buzz. So, yeah, I, I'm just staying away from running backs in general. And I understand that, you know, once again, you see the thumbnail, the images. I uh, it, it's just so hard. It is so freaking hard to, you know, see long term uh, growth. And Andy, let me ask you this, since we do have a Jonathan Taylor super collector watching this right now, it's kind of a kind of scary thing. You know, when you see some of these running backs just peter off so quickly. Oh, it absolutely is a scary thing. I, I know uh, Sean is he's he's a collector first and foremost. And he's probably OK with taking those to the grave or handing them down long time from right. now to his kids. Uh, so he's not so much concerned, but I know that I'm sure if he bought in at the end of Jonathan Taylor's rookie year, I mean, there was definitely a peak in Jonathan Taylor prices. And at the beginning of 2021, after that rookie season, he was the number one RB taken in a lot of fancy drafts. He was also had arguably the most expensive rookie ticket autos right next to Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley and stuff. So you know, um, and he lost a lot of value last year. So I think now you look at Jonathan Taylor as potentially a value. And and that is actually one of my other rules I want to talk about, Carter, is a player coming off of a, of an injury. Not, um, not a minor injury, but a serious ACL uh, surgically repaired knee type injury, i.e. Brees Hall on the New York Jets. Look at some of these values for Brees Hall rookie cards right now. And the thing is, you got to stay grounded during this time when you're not getting a lot of news and they're, they're not even playing with pads on. They're running around out there with shorts. And, and you know, Brees Hall was recently clocked at 22 miles an hour in a straight line. But that's not lateral quickness. That's not cutting. Right. And, you know, that's not with the pads on in a situation where a linebacker is wrapping them up kind of thing. So I think you've got to stay grounded. You've got to uh, got to put some filters on who you want to target. Don't get caught up in a lot of this uh, and a lot of this like news, hype generated news that's being leaked right now uh, for players specifically like Brees Hall. I think he has gotten pretty expensive. You know, he's, he's part of the Aaron Rodgers uh, hype train that's hitting the New York Jets. And he was very good in his debut last year, but he is coming off an ACL uh, uh, tear and, and surgery, and he should have a slow start to his season. I think the best time to buy guys like this, and Javante Williams goes in the same bucket, and Kyler Murray, talking about quarterbacks, right. is in November. 
is in November because that is when we know we know that there is a big dip in football prices uh, prices across the board for a lot of players. So let's get to a few comments. We appreciate all the love. Let's start here with Andy. Um, we want first timers uh, to to feel welcome, and so we shout out all our our usuals. I see Chad. I see Cody. I see Derek. Adam, Hector, Mr. T, but I want you to put this comment up from Randy. Almost a year ago, this channel made me aware of the Eagles schedule and that it might be a good time to buy Jalen Hurts cards. I was all in, and I'm extremely grateful that you guys are here. So there you go. Yeah, Jalen's always just kind of been one of our guys. Um, yeah, I mean, you could, and once again, we appreciate the comment, Randy, but you can go back and listen. Um, Andy in particular, but me as well. Devonta Smith, Jalen Hurts. We were all in on those guys, and if you bought then, it paid off. And there was a time when Jalen Hurts' rookie prism PSA 10s, Andy, were going for $55. That is still absolutely insane. And, um, yeah, you know, Jalen's prices uh, are, are still very interesting. I, it, it's, uh, you know, obviously I'm a Burrow guy. I think Burrow's better than Jalen Hurts. And, you know, the card price discrepancy is, is pretty large, though, between the two of them, Andy. Yeah, it really is, Carter. I, I've seen, you know, the volume's been healthy, but for the rare stuff of Jalen Hurts, it's just still such a massive disparity between yes. him and, and Herbert. And, I mean, I, I, I get it that Joe Burrow is at $2,500 uh, a pop per rookie ticket auto. I mean, I think he's the next guy right behind Mahomes right now in the NFL. But um, in terms of just like overall success and desirability by the hobby, but people are are uh, right there on Justin Herbert as well. I I get it. I mean, Justin Herbert broke records as a rookie, and you know he's looked incredible. So it's hard to uh, doubt his talent, and he's definitely done a lot with like lackluster talent around him. And uh, I, I mean, the future is really bright. So from a dynasty perspective, I mean, you got to be really excited, especially from a hobby perspective. But people are still paying a lot more for his rare stuff than they are for Jalen Hurts. But on the base PSA 10 stuff, it's neck and neck. It's the same $150, $200 price point on the Prism PSA 10s. The Optic PSA 10s, the Donner's PSA 10s are a little bit behind that. It's it's all neck and neck between those two guys. And Burrow's like $50 to $100 ahead of them. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Uh, and we didn't expect to talk about Jalen. But I actually went back and looked at his 2016 reps versus LSU and how bad he was in that game. And then you go back and look at Joe Burrow, 2018 versus Alabama, how bad he was in that game. And it's just amazing how much those quarterbacks have grown, right? You know, pre-2019 for both of them, there was no hype. You would have never thought that those two guys would be two of the best quarterbacks in the sport now. Uh, but those guys put in the work, and and they're, they're at the top of the mountain behind the homes and all those guys right now. Um, but, yeah, Jalen is so good. And even if you're not a big believer in Jalen, ask yourself this question. I know he lost his OC, but do you really think he's going to fail with A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith and Jason Kelsey's back, that offensive line's back? Uh, the NFC East, I think it's going to get better across the board, but the Eagles are still those BAMFs in that division. It, it's hard to not see the Eagles being very good, and Jalen also you know, won a lot of people, you know, their fantasy – leads even though he was hurt in the playoff weeks um i we're, we're just big jalen people here we really do think he is very very good and as hector points out here eagles have such a big fan base hurts under 
valued. And to go along with that, Cody said, Hertz is one of my biggest misses. I refused to collect and hold him in 2020. Cody's an LSU guy. So trust me, it's hard for LSU fans to buy anybody, Bama. Uh, but, but yeah, man, Jalen, Jalen could really play. Now, Andy, my question for you, and you know, we've talked some running backs here. Is there a quarterback that is interesting you uh, even more as we move towards next season? I think uh, I think one of the biggest values uh, in the in the entire like hobby right now. I, I don't know. It's I want to invest more into this guy, and it's Geno Smith, man. I you I don't know. know. It's, it, Geno Geno Smith is really interesting me because he is. Um, Man, he is so undervalued, I think, and there's so much scarcity around his, specifically his rookie cards, uh, and there's such little of it gr- actually graded, and he did so good, and it's not just a small sample. Like, I mean, I mean his sample last year was bigger than Brock Purdy's. I don't see anybody fading Brock Purdy. In fact, I see the hype only picking up for Brock Purdy. The only difference there is, uh, you know, Brock Purdy is much younger, right? He's only in his second year. Gino was a first-round draft pick from 2013, so people loved him back then, and they loved him at West Virginia, right? They're they're gonna lo- they're loving him again now because of how well he did. If he goes out and has another start, I mean, the Seahawks now their wide receiver trio and between uh, JSN adding JSN, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. I mean, it's incredible, man. So. Uh, very bullish on Geno Smith compared to what his rookie ticket auto values are. Um, you know, if I could get a Brock Purdy rookie ticket auto for $50, I would. But I can get a Geno Smith one for $50, and it's a lot more rare. And that presents a nice upside there. I'm not saying it's the same upside as as Purdy, but there is definitely upside there. And I feel like it's a, it's a pretty safe play. I feel like it's a good play for 2023 specifically. Wow. I, I also like Gino because I just love 2013 rookie cards. I just do. That's that's what I collect the most. But, yeah, we've talked a lot about Gino in, in recent episodes. Um, I want to scroll back up here, Andy, before we move on to our next topic because this is a very good question from Basic Wholesale Cards. you got to scroll up. We appreciate you being patient. Basic Wholesale Cards. Once again, uh, if you super chat, we go straight to your question. So if you're busy or at work, and you want to get a question in, we will immediately go straight to it because the money helps Andy and all his research that he provides on this channel. Um, you think that freshman or sophomore Bowman Chrome first auto prospecting has flipping prospecting potential of buying while they are cheap and unhyped? Um, part of the reason why I didn't get to this question sooner is because we have chatted so much Bowman U recently. But Andy, the question to this, is, the answer to this is yes, because we got not one but two people currently watching this right now who made some pretty good bank doing this, Derek and I believe Chad. Chad's one of the best flippers uh, on this channel. Those guys did it. They saw the wave, um, and they they crushed it. They they just did, according to them, and I, I, I trust those guys. So, yeah, Andy, the, there is big potential there. Yeah, that's it, man. And and you got you stay grounded. You don't get caught up in what's currently super hot, what's super hyped up. You know, you don't you don't look at that stuff. You stay grounded, thinking, okay, who's actually a good athlete? Who's projected to have good draft capital? We're looking for first round draft picks. We're looking for talented 
uh, players that have a, a really good, whether it's a quarterback and they have a, a, a high level of accuracy and efficiency, plus maybe some mobility and they have a good win loss record. So they got like a good head on their shoulders and never they're in a good situation. Uh, and then they get that draft capital behind them. Those are great prospects or, you know, the running backs, their high adjusted speed score and start looking at how efficient they are in, in forcing missed tackles and uh, breaking away long runs. And uh, then you look at wide receivers and look at how good they are route running and se uh, separating against defenders and then uh, winning contested catches. And uh, the, the defenders look at um, how many sacks they're getting, you know, how quickly they're getting to the quarterback, the QB pressures. Uh, what about, you know, corners getting interceptions and, and look at those storylines. And yeah, absolutely. Like stay focused on those core metrics and stay grounded and focus on that and let that kind of dictate your decisions in which players to uh, to buy and invest in. Because from there, Carter, you can go to eBay or wherever. Maybe it's a card show. Maybe it's eBay. Uh, maybe it's a card shop. And you can then just look for that player and see what the market gives you. Or you look for that bucket of players and see what the market gives you. And heck, you may find a gold or rare rookie ticket auto, uh, whatever the case may be, something rare. I think the common denominator we figured out that that holds the best long-term value are those rookie autographs, um, you know, specifically on card and the, the rare serial numbered stuff. So from there, maybe then you can find a good deal regardless of, Hey, is this guy trending on Twitter right now? Or regardless if he's getting hyped up a lot, um, it makes sense to buy him. Hector makes a good point. Trick for Bowman first is to flip them before they get their pro uniform cards. This isn't baseball. As much as I am a college uniform guy and a college football guy, he's right. That's all there is to it. He's right. Not only simply because people like pro uniform stuff more, it's just simple supply and demand, right? It's just more stuff of that person just being out there um, as well. Um, Andy, let's go to this comment. Yes, perfect. Um so this would be my thing. Let's just say Geno Smith goes out there and, and he he's not good. He's he's Mitch Trubisky and James or Jameis Winston this next year, and he's he's not. Or, or, or let's just say he is that bad. I don't think he's going to be that bad. I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, look at look at this. This this is what uh, sixty dollars that uh, uh, I don't know how to say your name correctly. Doll. I'm just going to say doll. It's a sixty dollars. Right. In the grand scheme of things, $60, it is something, but you got super rare Geno autos uh, for only 60 bucks. Right. Like Sam Howe rookie autos right now are going for $200. Uh, same thing with Desmond Ritter, $200. Uh, Zach Wilson, $500 last year. So, you know, let's just say Geno sucks. 60 bucks, Andy. That's all this was right here. $60. And it's a great move because not only do you have upside, really good upside for 2023, but think about it, man. Um, like I said, he's a, he's a first round draft pick from 2013. He showed enough last year. He also showed enough in college. There's uh, NFL teams like you. And uh, well, early second round, I just pulled him up as early second. I thought Gino was drafted the first round, but early second round. So there's, no, yeah. Uh, NFL teams value that a lot and he'll get more opportunities. So even after his additional one year contract with the Seahawks or whatever, he's got another potential um, to go somewhere else and get a starting quarterback job uh, to gain more hype and more fans, more collectors. Um, there's a lot of, of 
spike potential in and plus they're really rare like they're rare man they're not a there's not a lot of 2013 cards especially from the good sets like prism and first year select from 2013 even like the tops x fractors and some of those um like the bowman chrome set from 2013 is really nice so i think um yeah there's a lot of potential there and and then a very very low graded market so you've got a big potential to get cards like the 2013 select hot rookies that's got over like it's got almost a 90 percent it's between 80 and 90 percent psa 10 hit rate on the that raw card from that specific set they just made those 2013 first year selects with such high quality that there's such a high psa 10 rate on them plus people love comeback stories baby i i love i i you don't get this rise from the ashes kind of quarterback story all too often. Um, so look, we're not telling you that he's going to be Patrick Mahomes next year, but man, they first round draft capital on a really good wide receiver. The first wide receiver selected at pick number 20. I mean, I, I, I just like Gino going into next year. Their offensive line should be better. Uh, not only first round draft capital, Andy on a quarterback, but second round capital on a running back. Um, I mean, he's got weapons, and if this doesn't work, then so be it, right? I, I, it's, it's smart. You know, 60 bucks is not really anything in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Annoy Annoy brings up that SCI. Who's SCI? 23. Sports card investor? Okay. 20. Oh, I saw this. 23K on a Desert Raider. I remember oh. He held it at like a beach or something like that, and he held it over a thing. $23,000. I hope he didn't claim that was for investment purposes because it's that's a terrible buy if so. I mean, look, what's to say What's to say that the Falcons don't – I mean, they, they, could, they could finish 3-14 uh, and 14 this year, and Bijan Robinson still be the leading rusher in the NFL, so there's still going to be hype for Bijan. But they could finish three and fourteen, and then go draft Caleb Williams in twenty twenty four. I mean, he's a third round draft pick out of a class where Kenny Pickett was the first round draft selection. I I, I just don't see the um, the hype for Desmond Ritter, who wasn't even that accurate in college. Plus, he's on a a, a run first team. Like uh, the guy's not that good. I'm sorry to Falcons fans, Ooh. but. I know you're you're a college football expert, Carter. You saw him face plant in the college football playoffs two years ago, so I'm sure you're very familiar with his his college uh, profile. Uh, yeah. And then he, the only reason why I see that he went ahead of uh, like in the third round ahead of guys like Sam Howell is because of his straight line speed that he showed off at the combine. Yeah, and it's not fast enough to be a good runner um, in the NFL. He has some throws that are breathtaking. He really does. Um, and I, I I, just don't think he's that great. I, I totally agree with you, Andy. And, look, I, I'll defend the Alabama playoff performance because Will Anderson just went ham in that game. But, you know, truth be told, he's just not that great of a co college or NFL quarterback uh, in my estimation. But, uh, but, yeah, I would sell on the hype, you know, before the season because Atlanta – Big market. They're they're a team that is desperate uh, to have a winner, and uh, they're all systems go with Ritter. Um, 
let's see here. This is always very interesting. Let's get to um, a comment uh, that we have not put up on the screen. Let's go to Jonah Horal. Dustin Fields' second-year card's a good long-term investment. I'm priced out of his rookie cards. Well, so I will say if you're going for second-year cards, uh, Jonah, that you definitely want to go for super rare stuff because yeah. – I, I do see people buying like collect. They're Justin Fields super collectors. You better believe there are Justin Fields super collectors. Yeah. Here's one right here. Here's one right here. Late stick <laughs> is a Justin Fields super collector. And so he's going to pursue his rare cards from every year, you know, not just his rookie year, also veteran year. So if he's doing it, you know, other guys are doing it as well. I know uh, my co-host on the, our Thursday night show, Steve, he also, um, is a big collector of Justin Fields and will go after his second and third year cards, but it's always the rare stuff. Like I don't see a strategy around uh, unless he becomes, you know, um, you look at guys like Tom Brady. Yeah. Okay. And now this is, you know, even like more common stuff from second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth year are desirable. They're demanded. They go for more than just a couple dollars, but in Justin Fields case, you know, it's, it's, you're really going to want to target that rare stuff. I agree. I, I like Justin going into next year, um, but yeah, I I in any with that you just need to look at rare stuff uh, for for second, third, and so on and so on and so on. Uh, let's go to James booklets, trash or treasure, Andy. You know, I'm I'm oftentimes tempted by a booklet, and then I I always like click off of them. And I've seen some booklets that have been at decent prices, like right on the fringe, like hundred dollars. Yeah. It's got this big patch on one side. It's typically got a big on-card auto on the other side. Uh, and they're tempting, but the one thing that scares me that I think they're more trash is as a, the patch could not even be from that player. Right. I mean, the right. patch is not game worn. It's not authenticated in that way. So the patch to me is more or less, useless it's it's worthless to me and then those big fat booklets they just get bad dinged up corners and stuff because they're so fat like it's hard to store them anything you've got to have those special um extra big like one touches bet, specifically yeah. for booklets to store them properly to keep them preserved and uh they just get you know most of the time you're buying them off of ebay and they're all like that they some guy has you know opened and closed that little booklet a bunch of times already and it's already been dinged up a few times. Heck, it could be it could come dinged up out of the pack just because of how fat they are. And uh, you know, for the prices that I see them going for most of the times, I'm just like, no, no, thank you. I'd rather get I'd rather take the money I could get a rare booklet for and invest that in a out of 99 immaculate, out of 99 national treasures, out of nine out of 50 or 25 flawless if they're going for the same prices. I'd rather have cards from those sets or even optic rookie ticket autos, Carter. Um, I would, I would rather have those than the booklet. I mean, you can go to card shows and you could see displays for days and you rarely see booklets. Like, I just feel like that is one of those eBay only kind of situations. Right. And that's where it gets very interesting um, I, I'm just out on booklets. It's just just not my thing. Unless the patch in there is just so unbelievably filthy. But nothing makes me queasy more than a, a napkin 
patch in a booklet, Andy. Ah, ah, that just, ugh, it, it, it just, it just doesn't look great at all. Huh? 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 Uh, the mag was $13. There you go. So, um, for those that are listening on, um, you know, audio booklet is basically just a card that folds open right now. I will say Andy leaf and some other people have produced like these epic 16 autograph booklets that are just absolutely absurd. And it's got all these legend signatures on it. Cool. Okay. Those are obviously really cool. But then again, how, how do you want to display that? How do you even, is there an, even a one touch you could put that in? How do you even ship something like that? I don't know. You tell me. Huh? 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 But look, a one of one. Yeah. Oh, that's a printing plate. One of one. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, instead look. of instead of um spending 23k on Desmond Ritter, here's a guy that I would invest in. And I think that his best prices. Um, I think he's great right now. Compare him to uh Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Uh, throw in like Jahan Dotson, and Traylon Burks, like paint a first round wide receiver picture from uh, last year and look at where Drake London, who was the first wide receiver taken in the draft. The guy's an incredible route runner. Um, he's just a great wide receiver. I really like watching Drake London play and I think he's going to be great long term in the NFL. And so this supersedes his his rookie contract, I think, in the current situation on the Falcons. Um, he's a guy that I definitely want to invest in. He's a guy that checks all those boxes, unlike Desmond Ritter. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I mean, this is a one-of-one, so it's, it, it is a, a big fat booklet, but, um, I would, I mean, for $300, I don't know if I could get into a one-of-one, but I could definitely get into an out of 25 or out of 50 flawless national treasures, uh, optic rookie ticket auto type of deal. And I think I'd just rather have that than this. Let's go to Mr. T, who's been very active. C.D. Lamb, Andy, your thoughts on C.D.? Ooh, well, I, I mean, C.D.'s uh, teed up for a monster season. I, I don't. I, I think you're going to have a lot of passing volume from the Cowboys this year. Um, and after what C.D. did last year, I think he's teed up for a monster season. Obviously, I'm not as bullish on on him as I would. I'd rather have Jamar Chase over C.D. Lamb. I'm right. just hey. I think there's I think there's a lot of coaching issues in Dallas. I'm not sure that they can get over the hump on actually winning the playoffs. Like Dak has become one of these enigmas, like a almost like a Kirk Cousins, where he doesn't have that first round draft capital yet. He has played well. He has uh, stepped up. He has played well, but they have not been able to overcome playoff challenges. They haven't been able to get there, man. Not even a championship game. So I think that's where. And and um, I, and CD is a phenomenal people. Like he's got a lot of demand. People are going to continue to buy him. I don't see his prices going up a whole lot more compared to where they're at because they are they are pretty high, Carter. They're up there, like fairly close to uh, Justin Jefferson. I mean, they're not too far behind his. So I look at those guys almost in the same lens and from a hobby perspective because Cowboys have a bigger fan base. Um, they have they have more collectability, yet Justin Jefferson has has proven a little bit more, you know. So um, I look at him with the same lens, honestly, from a hobby perspective. And I just I think, hey, if you can get a great deal on him, then heck yeah, man, go go ahead. He's a great player, but 
uh, to buy in at the current prices. He's almost like one of those guys, I'm going to wait till November and see how the team's doing and see if he's going to be subject to a, a mid-season dip from the team. You so know, how the chance. team's performing. I, I think Chad's comment here is pretty pretty big as well, right after this one. Lamb is already expensive. He's a cowboy, hard to 2X, 3X. See, these prices are kind of expensive for me. Um, especially, yes, I still think the passing volume is going to be high, but you lose Kellen Moore, and I think McCarthy's going to want to run it more. Uh, there, are, there are some DeAndre Hopkins rumors to Dallas uh, out there. I don't think that's going to happen, but still. Um, I is, and I actually think Dak is good. I, I do. He just sucks in the playoffs. And there's always just this hype and disappointment with the Cowboys. CD's kind of a tough flip. Now, his auto, Andy, is very unique. The big hoop right there uh, in the middle. I'm a stickler for a sexy auto, and his are pretty cool. But I, mm, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't know about, I don't know about CD. His prices are pretty high, and he was good last year. He was pretty good. Uh, I'm drafted him fairly well um, on Underdog Fantasy. If I'm like at the one dot eleven or one dot twelve, uh, let's go to GG. A new, a new questcaster. Should I grade Genesis cards? Also, is there a market for Houston Oilers cards? Andy, let's focus on the first. I'm pretty sure he's referencing here Genesis Mosaic cards. Hey, 100%. Examine it closely, uh, Gigi. Look for surface conditions. You want to look for dimples, print lines, scratches on the surface. Uh, if you find that kind of stuff, honestly, I, I wouldn't submit it. I would, um, you know, I'd resell it raw. But if the corners look great, the edges, the, you know, the color and the 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 finish on the top of the card is constant all the way to the very edge. There's no whitening, like little blemishes there on the edges and the corners are crisp and clean and you don't find those surface conditions 100% because Genesis is a rare card. They're very popular. They're very desirable within the hobby. You get that back as a PSA 10, all of a sudden you're adding three to five X value on what you could sell that card for. Uh, So that makes a, a lot of sense there. Yeah, Genesis, uh, from what I've heard, Andy, from people that submit a lot, it's hard to grade because it is such a interesting design as far as, like, centering and all that stuff is concerned. But, yeah, examine that pretty well. Uh, Houston Oilers cards. It's very interesting. So I'm guessing uh, you're referencing, like, Warren Moon cards. Um, if you got a rare patch Warren Moon auto, hit me up. I'm more than interested in, in looking at that. I don't have a Warren Moon card yet. Um, I, I, I don't know, Andy, my, I, I guess, I guess that's what GG is referencing here. Yeah, I guess so. I would say, you know, if you're talking about like nineties, when, when did the Houston Oilers cease to exist? Wasn't that like the late nineties, early two thousands? I think so. I think so. And then the Texans came around like mid two thousand. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, Houston Oilers, 1960 to 1996. So that the stuff from like 90 or, or like 89 to 96 is not going to be worth much unless you have like a very rare insert. There were some rare inserts, but all that, that was the junk wax period where they just, I mean, they printed hundreds of thousands of copies of all those, of those base cards uh, from like 89 to 96 or 90 to 96, like really when it started getting... Um, but it was at its peak. So 
but stuff going back to like the 60s, 70s, oh yeah, there's a big market for those kind of vintage cards. And then it becomes grade chasing because there's only, you know, two, maybe three different cards, you know, back then. Uh, a lot of cases, just one, like there's a clear one card, like Walter Payton's rookie card. There's like clearly one card and and you that you can point to. And then it becomes all about grade chasing. So if you find those cards in good condition, get them submitted, get something that's like higher than a six or a seven, like eight, nines and tens are pretty valuable. I have a bunch of these um, 70s cards. And actually, I just pulled like a stack of like six of them and four of them were Oilers, Andy. So let me know. Have you ever heard of Tony Fritch? Look at that single bar right there. Any Tony Fritch fans? How about Greg with two G's Bingham? Look at that. This is hot right here. Highest bidder. Get a Greg Bingham card. All right. Look at this mustache Afro combination. Billy Johnson. And we got Ronnie Coleman running back. Let's see. Nice. He had 660 yards in 1977. You know you want it, GG. I will sell all of these. These are Jim Mint 10. I'll sell all of these for $1,000 just for you. Kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, White Shoes. There you go. Billy White Shoes. That is Billy White Shoes Johnson. Look at that. Look at that. I like that, Steven. I, I just had a stack of these just sitting right over here. Houston Oilers. I did not think uh, that was going to be a thing. All right, Andy, I'll let you pick uh, the next comment before we get into tip of the week here. Sure. I picked this one from James. Uh, he's asking, is my view on CD change if Hopkins lands in Dallas? I mean, it changed a little bit from a 2023 outlook, but not from a dynasty outlook. I think Hopkins got a ton of juice this year. Like he's this is the thing, like why there's uh, clearly like an arms race right now between the Bills and the Chiefs, I think are the primary uh, landing spots, like, you know, contenders for DeAndre Hopkins. But if you were Hopkins, you've, you've made millions of dollars. Why not go to a spot that gives you the highest opportunity to win a ring? That's what he doesn't have. And if he's trying to get into the Hall of Fame, I mean, he's fringe just based on statistics alone. If he gets a ring that definitely goes a long way. He's still got a ton of juice and it's not so much from – I was looking at his statistics, Carter. It's not so much from a separation standpoint. He wasn't generating a ton of separation, but defenders were giving him the highest cushion in the NFL last year. Uh, so I think that he's still got a ton of respect from defenders, and he's still great at the point of catch, and he's still a great route runner. So he's a, he's a guy that's going to uh, walk onto a team and um, – if he goes to the Chiefs, right, he's not going to be like he's probably not going to be Travis Kelsey in targets. But outside of Travis Kelsey, yeah, he's going to be their alpha wide receiver. Like you can, you know, go ahead and um, your all your Kadarius Tony pipe dreams can go out the window. Uh, even though I, I think that he's a guy that's overhyped right now, anyways. Uh, Ooh. But, um, but yeah, I think those are the like the best spots for him. Um, yeah, I think you've got to devalue guys like Stefan Diggs if he goes to the Bills, CeeDee Lamb if he goes to the Cowboys, but not by much, not by much. Those guys right. are still going to eat, you know. And, and you know, in CeeDee Lamb's case, the guy's so young. He's got such a bright uh, career ahead of him on the Cowboys that, I mean, from long-term perspective, I'm still bullish. I love it. Let's keep it moving here. Um 
before we get to hobby tip of the week, we always like to answer first time or questions. Call Vu. Call Vu. What a name. When Grady said, Pin- no, go, go ahead, Andy. Oh, go ahead. I thought, I thought you were teeing me up to read his comment there. It's yours. Go ahead, man. He said, when grading Panini Phoenix Fiber's card to the refractor print lines affect the overall grade. Granted, that corner's edge surface looks good. Yeah, so PSA does overlook print, some print lines, especially if it's a known print line that's printed on all the cards. Like the Kaboom, for example, has a print line on all of them. There's also, uh, I think downtown is another one that has a print line or like dragon scales, another prime example that has a print line. Like it's just a commonplace print line that gets printed in the design of the card. Uh, so what I would do though, to confirm this is go pull up the same player, the same Fireburst card in a PSA 10 grade, find a good picture of it on eBay and compare it to the raw one. You're looking at to see if the print lines in the same spot. Um, if you can, that'll be that'll be your best time. But I do know this uh, from talking to a lot of guys that Panini or Panini, a PSA overlooks print lines on a lot of sets. Also, Colvu, I, I highly recommend to go back and listen to you know the first part of this about rarity and all that stuff. I would make sure any Phoenix Fireburst card that I'm sending into grade is one that is truly going to be coveted by collectors. That is truly rare. That is truly going to be something that someone, if I'm a Joe Burrow collector, I, I gotta have it. I absolutely gotta have it. Because this is always the thing. Um, and this is gonna go back to Hobby Tip of the Week here. And it's gonna tie in. Um, I know I make this my Hobby Tip of the Week at least four or five times during the year. But I think Derek, uh, who's one of my really good friends now, uh, was was chatting with me about this not too long ago it is so much harder to sell a card than buy a card that is my hobby tip of the week um and the and, and this would be my, my my point to anybody how many people out there do you think walk into a card show and says you know what i'm looking for today i'm looking for panini fireburst cards I'm looking for Panini Phoenix Fireburst cards. How many people um, do you know, Andy, that it, that you think say that? No, not many. It's not many. one of those situations where it's like, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's such as, for example, it's Jordan Love, Panini Fireburst. You're, you want to sell that for 20 bucks? Okay. You know, now I'm getting a deal on it. Now I'll take it, you know, kind of thing. Right. I, 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 so, so to follow up here, Cole Vu, thanks guys. I just had some J loves and T law that I was thinking of sending in. Well, this is what I would say. Are they rare? Okay. There's plenty T laws, probably top 10 quarterback in the league, probably top five collectible quarterback in the league right now. All right. So think about Trevor Lawrence. You know how many cards of him are out there? So many that probably more of him than any other elite quarterback that we have in the game right now, especially considering this last draft class wasn't that great. Um, so, yeah, you know, if you want to send it in personally, go for it, right? If, if, if it's for your collection, go for it, okay? If you don't care the flip value, go for it. But if it's for you to gain value on the card for Panini Phoenix Fireburst, it's just it, it, there's not going to be the ROI that, that you're looking for. And Andy, to be honest, 
Phoenix just never really took off uh, for for uh, a lot of different reasons. No, no, it didn't. But I'll say the one good thing about it, the one pro, is a uh, 60% PSA 10 hit rate on the Ooh. raw ones. You can kind of see even it does look like there's that, you know, that print line, yeah. which is very similar to the print line you see in a dragon scale, which PSA does overlook. So, yeah, but I mean, you got to got to like reverse engineer it, right? It's Jordan Love. I mean, how much could you possibly see this card going up to? He'd really have to go out and exceed expectations in a big way in September. Um, and then all of a sudden that card, yeah, maybe you see it get up uh, closer to $100. Uh, but at the same time, reverse engineering, how much money you got in the cards, $20 to get it graded. What are your chances of getting a 10? You know, yeah, just so, those things you just talked about, Carter. How, how desirable is it? Of course, PSA 10 is going to help any card. But at the same time, is it is it going to help it enough to really make it worth your while? And then if it doesn't come back a 10, you really just uh, wasted your time and money. Your hobby to tip of the week, Andy? Uh, well, you talked about, you know, selling cards. I love that. I want to parlay off of uh, your comment by saying that if you buy cards, whether it's in person, like even if it's. In person, if you're not making a cash transaction and you're not, you can't visibly confirm the card that you're getting right in front of you. If it's, if it's, if it's not in person, then you should always, always, always use buyer protection. And I would stick yes. with PayPal. I would stick with PayPal or Venmo and use goods and services buyer protection. I don't care if you know this person pretty well. If you feel like you can trust them. Just use goods and services, make it a standard operating procedure, standard practice, because things could, even if you know this person and you trust them, something could get lost in the mail. Something get lost in the mail. And it may not necessarily be the seller's fault, but in, uh, you know, um, in most cases, like there could be something, you know, it could be the seller's fault, right? It, it could be, you can, this person could be a bad person that you accidentally trusted. Uh, so just always, regardless, like if they can't accept that, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm saying yeah. walk away. I don't care how good the deal is. If they cannot do goods and services with buyer protection, that should be a red flag and you should walk away. If it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. Always know that as well. Um, and go to shows. If you have the opportunity to go to show to a show, obviously check to see if the show is still going on and see how many tables and all that stuff. You're going to see how much better the hobby is when you actually go to shows. Okay. So there you go. Now, Andy, it is time for play of the week. I'm going to let you go first, man. Oh man. I love this one. So I got to, I got to come up with a play to uh, top the, uh, the Geno Smith play from earlier. Oh, but, um, Here's here's a good one for you. Actually, I, I love this guy's value. I'm finding myself getting a ton of exposure to him, and it's for multiple reasons. Um, and it's Brandon Ayuk on the San Francisco 49ers. Ooh. I mean, because when I look at Brandon Ayuk's profile, it's it's very different than that of Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk's profile um, leads him to being a true alpha wide receiver, whereas Debo has really excelled in this gadget role, you know, this mix of, of being a hybrid running back. When you look at Debo's wide receiver statistics, Brandon Ayuk's got him beat, man. 
Brandon Ayuk's got him beat, and I think you already saw the news reports from Brock Purdy. He's already throwing the ball. They're bullish. He potentially start week one. That may be smoke and mirrors, and it may be Trey Lance. But um, either way, I'm still very bullish on Brandon Ayuk short and long term. He's still on a rookie contract. He's got uh, great draft capital. I think he was a early second-round draft pick from 2020. The guy's got really long arms. He's got great uh, separation. Uh, he's a good route runner. He's got good speed. Like, um, Actually, he's the end of the first-round draft pick, so he's even got that first-round draft capital And at 25 years old. And the guy's still able to put up over 1,000 receiving yards uh, last year. I think he continues to get better. I'm looking at his rookie ticket autos right now at $15. Like, the, I mean, $15. I get it that CeeDee Lamb, 175 Justin Jefferson, 250 for a reason. But this young man, I think, should at least have 50 to 60 There's no reason that Brandon Ayuk's uh, rookie ticket auto price should be cheaper than that of guys like Gabriel Davis. I mean, come on, man. You ask me who I want between Brandon Ayuk and Gabe Davis, I'll take Brandon Ayuk all day. Ooh. Brandon Ayuk from the depths. Um, I'm going to give you one that that's going to be um, a little galaxy brain. And I understand earlier I said what I said about the um, Cowboys. But last uh, the, a few years ago, all right, there's a guy who bursted on the scene for the Cowboys. His name is Trevon Diggs. Okay, he's a corner. And once again, Defensive players, they don't generate the same kind of hobby love. Um, and I once again, you, you got to make sure you get a pretty good price on a Trevon Diggs, something for you to turn it into something. But Diggs is going to be opposite Stephon Gilmore, and that means Diggs is going to get targeted more, and he's going to have this next year more interceptions. You're going to see more of those big INT games from him next year. If you can get – any kind of auto under 20 people love them. Trevon Diggs. We saw what the, what, what did his prices get up to Andy a few years ago when he had, you know, just those massive interception games. It was in the hundreds, right? Yeah. His rookie ticket autos, just like the base ones were in that hundred dollar range. Right. After the, that stretch of a few games where he, I think he went three, four games with at least one interception in every game. Right. And uh, I mean, he, his his stuff went off the chain, man. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that play because right now is a great time to buy a guy like him. I mean, great time. But once again, I don't look at his stuff all the time, but I was just thinking, I was like, where did Stefan Gilmore go? We went to the Cowboys. Right. Um, so now Diggs is going to get targeted more. He'll be able to you know, jump more passing lanes and you might see some some of those crazy Trevon Diggs games next year. Once again, I, it would need to be under 20 for me to even consider buying a Trevon dig. So, look, uh, $21.50 right there from Taiwan. So, 30 bucks, 35 out the door. A little high for me, but still. Um, I Trust me, I, since we've talked quarterback so much, I was just trying to think of something. It's not my favorite one uh, of the world, but still – I, I like the Gilmore fit in Dallas, and I like that Trevon Diggs is going to be a little bit more aggressive. We know the pass rush for Dallas is going to be very good next year. Quarterbacks get rid of it. Diggs jumps some passing lanes. Watch the frick out. Or you could just go get Stephon Gilmore rookie ticket autos. I actually looked this up during the episode. I saw one sell for 15 bucks. This is a five-time Pro Bowl corner 
uh, towards the end of his career. So once again, it's a defensive player play. It's not something that's going to make you a millionaire by any stretch of the imagination, but I like this Dallas defense going into next year. That Dallas defense is scary good, man. That's going to be a very competitive division there at the NFC. The NFC East is looking absolutely loaded. I mean, it's looking like the best division in the NFC right now um, on paper heading in. And uh, definitely going to be some contenders coming out of there to uh, face the AFC. Uh, Obviously, you got one Super Bowl contender coming out of there. I, I heard, I saw a comment in the chat earlier. Uh, I can't remember who it was from Carter, but uh, it was it was around asking what Lamar Jackson's Lamar. prices are doing right now. Um, he definitely has some high end collectors after his his stuff. I think he's teed up for a monster season. I mean, we, he he's teed up to, on paper to have an MVP season, Carter. Um, I don't know if a lot of people realize that through his first, I think it was first four games last season, he was on pace to. Uh, have a better season than his 2019 MVP season. And then they just fizzled out. I mean, it was a lack of weapons, uh, lack of like uh, Greg Roman's offense getting stale, you know, Lamar action, uh, Lamar action, action Jackson getting banged up. So it was a, a litmus of reasons that that offense fizzled out last year. But man, the start to his season last year was incredible. People were getting hyped up and excited about his cards he was the MVP winner from 2019. He and now they've added weapons, and they've also brought in Ted Munkin, who's an incredible offensive mind, offensive coordinator. Uh, so I, I'm excited. I think Lamar Jackson's got a lot of potential this year to get back to that MVP type of season, um, and especially with him passing more. I think that he's got a higher chance of staying healthy throughout the the entire season. Right. which is good for his rookie cards as well. Yeah, and and Lamar does a good job not taking big hits. A lot of the a lot of his injuries actually came from the from the pocket. Um but yeah, you you know, you do want him to run less and and play a little bit more from there and I I do agree. I I mean Todd Monken was the best play caller in all in college football last year. Now he had the best players, but he was sensational. One of the best offensive play callers I've seen and he's been around for a while. So uh, once again, you know, if you are looking to buy uh, Lamar like you're doing right now, Andy, I would always compare his uh, prices to Josh Allen. Use that discrepancy and and say to yourself, how much better is Josh Allen than Lamar Jackson? Their print runs and pop counts, they're not going to be, you know, the exact same, but they're going to be somewhat similar. And that strategy, Andy, to, to me, it's not always just perfectly sound, but it is a good thing uh, to, to use if you are looking to buy Lamar. Yeah, and I think it's I think he's going to become more uh, like known better for his passing acumen. I, I think that he's shown a lot of promise in in the passing uh, department, the passing arena. So I think that his passing game is going to be as good as it's ever been in his career this year. And if that's the case, you know, he's got the mobility just to extend plays and uh, dodge defenders. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, man, the sky really is could be the limit to where if that team is actually winning games and on a track. I mean, it's going to be tough, right? It's going to be tough, a tough division there with the uh, the Bengals and the Steelers. So and and the Browns, so it's like tough division, but at the same time, they've got the pieces in place. He's got the skill, the talent. Uh, and this could be a career season for him, 
and uh, watch out because I mean, look at 2019. A lot of what he's known for in 2019 were all those touchdown passes he threw. I mean, he led the league in in uh, touchdown passes, if I remember correctly. So once again, the show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Type in the promo code Quest um, to to get you a little bonus right there. You could type in my promo code Carter. Either one works. Andy, I want I need your help on this. All right, I just joined another puppy draft. Okay, um, I am in the one dot four. And the first picks, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Christian McCaffrey. Okay, so mm-hmm. here we go. Tyree Kill, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown. I have been in the 1.4 yeah. quite a bit. Where I don't think I've taken Tyree Kill yet. So who, you got to take Tyree Kill. I, I'm taking Tyree Kill almost every time over Cooper Cup. Wow. Um, Really? Yeah, man. It's just, dude, it's Tyree. Just Mike McDaniels is such a good play caller. Mike McDaniels is a better play caller than Sean McVay, um, in my opinion. And I think that Mike McDaniels is, there's just, there's just, he's setting up Tyree Kill for massive success. And it doesn't matter if, um, now I would prefer Tua to be healthy and out there on the field because he was incredibly accurate, those, those intermediate passes. But it doesn't matter, man. You put Mike White back there, put Teddy Bridgewater, Skylar Thompson, whoever you got, man, put them back there and let Mike McDaniels uh, scheme up the routes for Tyree Kill. He's going to get open, and he's going to get the ball in his hands, and he's going to score a lot of point- fantasy points, man. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm betting on the upside of Tyree Kill over Cooper Cup. I've already done so many like Kelsey Mahomes kind of stacks. Um, so so it, it looks like the chat says I should go Kelsey uh, over Hill and then see if I could stack Mahomes uh, in the second. Or what you could do is I could draft Tyreek or I could draft Travis Kelsey and then get the week 17 correlation and get T Higgins and then get Joe Burrow later. Right, you could you could yeah. do that as yeah. as well. So what are we doing, Andy? I'm gonna let you choose: Tyree Killer or Travis Kelsey. If you don't have any, and you're doing multiple drafts, it's not like this is your only draft. You're doing multiple drafts. I would go ahead and smash the button on Tyree Kill because there's a good chance Patrick Mahomes is not gonna fall back to you. I've seen him uh, and and Jalen Hurts. And Josh Allen goes early as like the 2.3, 2.4 range. So with you at the number four overall pick, it's not going to come back around you till, you know, the 2.8. So you could miss out. Like there's some people just don't even consider stacking. Like I had a guy that, that, and some people almost think of it like as a defensive strategy. I was in a draft yesterday where the guy literally took um Dak Prescott when he didn't have any Cowboys on his roster and he took him like in the ninth round one pick before me and I think he did it just to spite me maybe I sniped one of his guys earlier and maybe he wanted to play defensive and not let me get my stack because I had CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks so I really wanted Dak Prescott there's no reason why he shouldn't have fallen to me there but uh the guy took him one pick before me so I wouldn't bank on being able to get that that stack off I would go with the upside and Tyree Kill uh, worst case scenario, you can get Tua way late. And the thing is, like, 
Ask, ask, answer this for me, Carter. If Tua is healthy all 17 weeks this year, is he not a top 15 quarterback based on his stats from last year when he was healthy? I mean, he was extremely relevant, extremely fantasy relevant, putting up a ton of fantasy points on a weekly basis in the passing game. And uh, if he's healthy and on the field, he's all of a sudden a, a borderline QB1. You know, top, a borderline top 12 quarterback. So getting him like in the double-digit rounds, I'll have to go and look and see where he was taken yesterday. But getting him that late is such a good value, man. And you could almost say the same thing for his rookie cards. Like, I don't spend your whole bankroll on it, but if you can find a rookie ticket auto, for now we're talking $100 or something, compared to, you know, Jalen Hurts 750 you know, and those other guys, like, uh, there's a lot of upside there if he is, in fact, stays healthy the whole year. I know it scares you with the concussions and everything, but if he is healthy that whole year, man, watch out. All right. We're getting some Tyreek exposure, baby. Tyreek Hill is selected. Um, I've been I've been smashing so much Travis Kelsey in the 1.3, 1.4, 1.5 range um, that it just makes too much sense. And I... Really wish I would have gone all in on collecting Travis Kelsey cards. Uh, Andy, I know I discussed it with you privately before because I just love 2013 designs. Um, Travis Kelsey, after football, is going to be so big. I don't know exactly what he's going to do, but I think he'll... I, I think he's just going to be such a huge star hosting TV shows. I think he's got potential to be even bigger than Michael Strahan after his career is, is over and Strahan hosts, you know, good morning America. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think Travis Kelsey's post playing career, uh, is just going to be absolutely insane. Like I really, and he's just cool. He's just a cool dude as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's got, I think he's still got a lot of potential 2023, but man, he's so good at reading defenses on the fly and the chemistry between him and Mahomes is just legendary at this point. Uh, so it's like, man, it's, yeah, I think he's, he's great uh, investment short and long-term. I mean, he, there's such a big gap between him and all the other tight ends. It's not even funny now. So I, I guess I probably should, uh, I, I mean, mm, you just know Kelsey's going to hit. You just know it, and you got you know, but you know Tyree Kill's going to hit too. I mean, we know he's going to hit at this point too. So I think it makes sense to diversify, right? So this puppy, you got the one dot four, you go with Hill. Next time you get Kelsey, your next one dot four, you get Kelsey. Man, I'm I'm having long discussions internally about Jonathan Taylor, and I love Shot. I really do. I I love Shot. He's top five people I've met you know, doing this fun venture with you, Andy. But man, I, there's just something about this that just makes me queasy about Jonathan Taylor going into next year. I don't know exactly what that is because he's going to have a good offensive line and, and all of that, but I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm still fading him at the, at the current price tag. I don't think he's gotten quite cheap enough. I also don't think that the Colts are going to, have a great win loss record. I think they'll be decent and they're going to win, you know, I don't know, maybe six, seven games, 
but I definitely think there's going to be some struggles there. And uh, Jonathan Taylor, you know, hey, I get it, man. He was incredible in 2021, especially after the way he finished his rookie season. But, um, you know, he, he missed six games last year, ankles a couple times, high ankles, but, I mean, nothing major. But still, you know, with rookie quarterback coming in, new offensive coordinator, I mean, what – Look at this. If you're getting him in the second round, you know his cards aren't like as much as Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey, these guys. But at the same time, you are paying a premium. Like his rookie ticket autos, I think I clocked them like at uh, $60 or something like that. So I think you could wait to the third round and get guys that are very comparable to him. $50 for his rookie ticket auto. Like if I can have the choice between Najee Harris – on the Pittsburgh Steelers and Jonathan Taylor on the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going with Najee Harris for the same price. I'm, I'm just going with Najee Harris for the same price. And then I look in the fantasy draft and I'm like, Oh, I can get Najee Harris in the third round instead of having to pay early second round for Jonathan Taylor. Like I'll just get it to, I'll get a second wide receiver in the second round and then get Najee Harris in the third. That's the ex actually exactly what I did in this draft, but it just feels so it Not feels so me. right to me to to pass on Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley for that matter. Maybe not Nick Chubb. I definitely want to have some exposure there to Nick Chubb in the second. I think he's teed up for a monster year. Um, but look, even Derrick Henry at the end of end of the second, Carter, and you know he's still got juice. And then you got Najee and. There's Josh Jacobs, which not a whole lot's changed for him since yeah, last right. year. So it's like he's devalued. He's undervalued. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's – I think Jonathan Taylor a little bit too expensive compared to the alternatives right now. I love it, man. Um, but, yes, mark my words. I am finishing I, – I, I, this is a challenge for myself. I am making at least 1K in puppies this year. I'm making it. I'm it's it's going. I'm speaking it into existence. Um, so there you go. Now here's a good thing. You can join the football card Patreon by clicking the link down below. That gets you access to the keep them. That gets you access to Andy and myself. You can shoot us DMs whenever. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend you check it out. It also helps Andy. You saw that research right there. Uh, the data is just absolutely insane right here on the football card quest. Andy, we'll see you next Tuesday, man. Let's go. Yes, sir. Let's go. Appreciate Let's you guys. Go. See you. Cheers. Let's go.